Mamas, this is Sarah Comers, owner of The Mom Culture, and I'm here with my good friends, Gina and Julie, and together we make up The Mom Culture crew. We're going to chat about how we wing it and win it in motherhood while trying to raise good humans. We're going to chat with some of our favorite mamas that inspire us, so grab a cup of coffee and enjoy the chat. This episode is sponsored by Amara Organic Foods. The all-organic ingredients are sourced directly from the grower. Just add breast milk, formula, or water, and voila! Fresh organic baby food anytime, anywhere. Find out more at amaraorganicfoods.com and use code MOMCULTURE for 20% off plus free shipping on all orders within the USA. That's amaraorganicfoods.com. Hey guys, today we have a special guest on the Mom Culture podcast. We are going to be chatting with my good friend, Lindsay, owner and founder of the Little Milk Bar and the Drop the Cover movement. Hey, Lindsay. Hi, guys. How are you today? Good. Thanks so much for having me. This is so fun. I'm so excited. <laughs> You're my first official guest. Um, so Woo-hoo! thank you for that. I appreciate it. I told you when I asked you to do it, you were on my original list, but I was like, you know what? I really need to kind of break this ice with someone I'm comfortable with. And considering you and I have our little mompreneur chats, I was like, you are the perfect person to break the ice with. So thank you again for uh, coming on. Absolutely. I love it. I'm so excited. So I'm here with my friends, as you know. You want to say hi there, Miss Gina? Hello. And we've got hi. Julie. Hi. So the hi, whole Julie. crew is here. <laughs> awesome. So to get us started, for our followers that don't know the Little Milk Bar, which I find that kind of hard to believe because I feel like everyone pretty much knows you and the amazing Drop the Cover movement, tell us a little bit about yourself and how you got started. Sure. Okay, so I am Lindsay, and I live in Salt Lake City, Utah. I'm married to my husband that I've been with since I was 18. Um, We have two little kids, Allie's seven, and Coach is two. And I started the little milk bar actually from, I actually had a company called Law 801 before that I was doing like children's clothing and we made like, like baby leggings, um, but nothing was really coming from it. And so after I had my son Coda and I was going through the second breastfeeding journey, um, going through that journey the second time as a mom was crazy because first of all, the experience was completely different. And I got to kind of carry over the knowledge from my first breastfeeding experience. And so going through all of that, I realized that there was a real need for a breastfeeding community, um, you know, mostly geared towards first-time moms or moms who just aren't quite comfortable breastfeeding in public yet or breastfeeding at all. Um, And so I was like, I am going to do this. So I completely rebranded from La Ida One to the Little Milk Bar in April of 2018 um, and we kind of just took off from, from there and yeah, focused solely on breastfeeding and supporting and creating a community for moms that, you know, really needed that support because breastfeeding is so hard so and like, hard. It's, it's like no one talks about it and it's hard on social media when all you see are all these photos of, you know, these perfectly made up moms and they're breastfeeding their baby and it just looks so magical. And that's fantastic. I mean, if if you're one of the lucky few where breastfeeding just happened to, you know, fall in your lap and be, you know, it just worked out for you. That is amazing. I'm so jealous. Uh, so am <laughs> but, I, because I wasn't one of those at all. <laughs> Me neither. Um, but for some of us, you know, a lot of us, and I would actually say most of us, um, there are many struggles 
and many, you know, hurdles that you have to overcome that we just don't know about. And so I wanted to open that curtain behind the scenes and show the real, you know, of what breastfeeding is, the struggles that people go through and how we can help you, especially with public breastfeeding. So what we did with the drop the cover movement, we started this immediately as soon as I rebranded to the lot or to the little milk bar. Um, I came out with a boobs blanket. So um, there's this company called Gravel and Gold. They're in San Francisco and they are amazing. You should check them out. Um, They have this boob print that they use for women's t-shirts and like sweatshirts. And one of my friends that I follow on on Instagram, she posted a photo of her in it. And I knew immediately that that needed to be my first product for the Little Milk Bar. I wanted to create a baby blanket slash nursing cover um, that had this boot print all over it. And it was amazing. <laughs> um, so the whole point was to come out with this, um, and I quote, like nursing cover, because how many times do women get asked, you know, to cover while they're breastfeeding? And so I thought it would be fantastic to have this amazing blanket filled with hundreds of boots sketched all over it. So if someone asks you to cover, then just cover with more boobs. (laughs) I I love your print. It's seriously one of my favorite things. You sent us one, I believe right after you launched, we did a giveaway together. Yeah. Yeah. I really wanted to keep it, but my nursing days were so far behind me. It is the cutest (laughs) thing ever. It's so trendy. It's amazing. Yeah. So I picked up print from, um, so gravel and gold, it's their print. I reached out to them and asked if we could license it through them. Um, so we use their print for our baby blanket and bird cloth and we released that and it just took off. We sold more of that product in one month than we did of any other product in the entire 12 months. Um, so I knew that I was like, that there was a need for this. So I just hit the ground running with it. <laughs> I, I love your rebrand. Um, I mean, I remember you from your lot 801 days and just like you remember me probably from my We Structed yeah. days. It's amazing when you see kind of a hole or something from your own experience and then that pivot for a rebrand comes. Um, it right. almost feels like putting on, it's weird. It's like coming home or putting on this perfect skin. That's how I felt with the rebrand from yes. mom culture. It's just like that aha moment of you're, you're where you're meant to be. And I feel for you, this is exactly where you were meant to be all along. And the passion behind it. Like, like before I felt like I was just kind of, um, releasing stuff to release it. Cause it was springtime. Now I needed to release spring products and then winter came. So I needed to release winter products. So it was like winter based leggings. And now I'm like, Oh my gosh, like anytime inspiration hits or, you know, we have a community of 50,000 moms on Instagram and I get to hear their pain points every single day. So I get to take that and that inspires me to, you know, create new products for these moms who need them. Um, But yeah, so the drop them up, the drop the cover movement came from that blanket because we wanted every mom to know um, because since 2018, it's now legal in all 50 states to breastfeed your baby with or without a cover in public in all 50 states. And so we just wanted, you know, we are 100% on board. If moms want to use a cover, I totally get it. When I was a first time mom, I never nursed in public without a cover because I did not feel comfortable. So I think they're great training wheels and I think they're great for moms who just aren't there and that's fine. But for the moms who there just was a lack of communication between women not knowing that they were allowed to feed without a cover because a lot of the times moms feel like the cover makes it harder to breastfeed because your kid's always pulling down at it and it draws more attention than you're hot and sweaty and you can't get them to latch so the whole drop the cover movement was just 
to make a big splash in the industry to let women know, hey, you can drop it if you want to. Do you find um, a lot of women just didn't know, honestly, legal rights to breastfeeding? Because Gina and I both um, were both uh, former nurses. Both of us, our last babies are far past that. But we nursed (laughs) anywhere and everywhere because we, you know, we each have three kids. And for us, I mean, you had to do it on the fly. I know, um, you know, I would use a cover. I definitely used a cover the first time. I was more comfortable the second by the third. I mean, I had it and I would pull it out depending on where I was, but I was definitely a lot more free, but I yeah. still was one of those that nursed in the car in between, you know, pickup and stuff. I typically still, I don't want to say hid, but was it a huge yeah. public nurser? How about you, Gina? I just nursed everywhere and anywhere. I think I, I did use a cover because that was just me, maybe a little more modest um, sure. at, at home or around family was was not a big deal. But if I was in public, I think I did use a cover. But I nursed all my kids a long time, um, seven years total, I think, for three kids. Wow. So, um, yeah. You're I a was, rock star. Oh, no. is a rock a star. <laughs> uh, yeah. Thankfully, I had great experiences breastfeeding, um, minimal troubles. But, um, and I did it for a long time, and I loved it. So, but did you honestly, yeah, awesome. like Lindsay, I'm beginning to like, looking back, I don't think I knew legally what my rights were. I don't right. think I had ever, you know what, in all the information you get when you become a new mom, they give you all these pamphlets and stuff, but I don't actually think that I ever knew if it was legal or not. I just assumed like cover up, but I didn't know right. that there yeah. was, yeah, any rights. So is that a common myth then that you yeah. feel um, within the communities like people just don't know if it's legal yes. everywhere? People just don't know, and they're used to what they're used to. So, um, like, for me, I didn't know. One, I didn't even know it was a question to ask, so I never asked. But, you know, leaving the hospital, like you said, I had tons of pamphlets, and I had, you know, a lactation consultant come and visit me, but it was never even brought up. Like, she never even told me, like, hey, if you're out in public, did you know that it's your legal right to breastfeed without a cover? No one ever mentioned this to me at all. I didn't get, it was never in any of the pamphlets I got. Um, And because what I'm around, you know, like I was the youngest, I didn't ever remember seeing my mom breastfeed. Um, And none of my friends were breastfeeding at the time. But anytime I did see a woman breastfeeding, it was, she was sitting at a bench with a cover or a blanket on her. So I mimicked what I saw. And so seeing that made me feel that I had to, and that's just what you do. Or you leave, you get up and leave, you go to a private room. Yeah. And that's because, you know. Yeah, I agree with you. I only saw that was the norm to me is always seeing people covered up. And I actually didn't come from a breastfeeding, I don't want to say breastfeeding positive house, but my mom didn't breastfeed. But my older sister did so, but she's a modest person, a little bit more like just mellow and um, doesn't like a lot of attention on herself. So she would always just drape a a blanket over. So I feel like I just Mm -hmm. always thought you covered. Like I didn't really, you know, think I I just thought that that was the norm. Yeah. If you're out at a restaurant, you see a mother breastfeeding most of the time, you know, you see her covering with a blanket. So you just, you just figure that that's what you're supposed to do. Or, you know, you go to a friend's house for a barbecue and you're ready to feed and your friend offers you a private room. Hey, if you want to feed, you know, you can always come feed in my room. And they're being super nice. Like that's them being a really great friend. But because you're always offered that, it just makes you like you have to. So instead of being like, no, I'm fine here. Like I'll just feed them here. Then you just assume that that's what you have to accept is because they offered that you have to take that. Um, So 
yeah. For me, I don't think I realized again until you had posted about it. And I was like, oh, that's really, I didn't realize that it was legal in all states and that women kind of had rights about that because I had always. Well, Idaho, Idaho and Utah were the last pulled out states. So they were the two where I actually, I live in Utah. (laughs) Idaho and Utah did not. So I think all the other states, it was legal up until April or yeah, I think it was April, 2018, where Utah and Idaho finally made it legal. And that they were the last two states to make it legal. So before that, all the other ones. It was. That's crazy to me. I mean, I too, like being out in public, I felt I would always find like a dressing room if I didn't go to my car. Out here, yeah. our local mall has um, nursing um, lounges. But on all yeah. honesty, when I've been there, it's more of a teenage makeout spot. I'm not even kidding you guys. <laughs> I have actually opened the door and I'm like, oh, I'm sorry. So oh I never gosh. want to use them because God only knows what has gone on in these nursing lounges. That is funny. Just saying, so if we, you, yeah, if you've lost your teenager at the mall, check the nursing lounges, people. <laughs> check them. Oh, my gosh. So, so we, have, we have nursing lounges at our mall by my house, and I love them. Like, and because sometimes you need it, you know, you're, you're shopping all day with your kids, you're on your feet, they're fussy, they're, it's nap time, you got to get home and you need to feed them. And so, yeah, absolutely. I, I love them and they can be great. Sometimes they have like TVs in there and they've got like lounger chairs, which is amazing. <laughs> well, and I think when you um, have the older kids too, that like, I had yeah. two that were two years apart as did Gina. Um, Trying to get a toddler to sit still while you're nursing the newborn baby and not run away is like the most right. terrifying thing in the world. I mean, how yes. many of us have gotten up? I know Gina has because I've actually watched her in action chasing a kid while a baby is latched to her. Like, yes. how many times do they like run off? So for me, I did like them, especially Nordstrom's. I will give a huge shout out. Nordstrom's always had yeah. a great lounge area and I could sit with Lily and nurse Remy and not be afraid she's going to like take off running down an aisle. So they do have their place for sure and I think that yeah. it's a nice uh, it's a nice addition especially to malls and uh, I've noticed Target yeah. is starting to have you guys seen yeah that? Target has them too I love it I'm loving that because even like okay you go into a restaurant and so let me take you back to the very first time when I had Allie I would left the house for the first time we went to Cheesecake Factory um, I think she was a month old and she got hungry. I turned to my husband. I'm sweating. My palms are sweating. I've never fed in public. This is the first time we've been in the house. And I'm like, she's hungry. And I look at him and I'm like, oh my God, can I feed her here? And he just looked at me and shrugged his shoulders. He's a new dad. He didn't know either. And so just that feeling, like that first initial stress feeling of you're in public, there's people all around you and your baby's hungry. What do I do? It's so scary. And I don't know how many times you know, we went out to eat as a family, as a celebration, like for grandma or my brother or something. And we're all out together and the baby was hungry. So I get up and leave and I go sit in my car to feed my daughter in the freaking hot car in the summer. And I miss the entire hour because she, she fed for 40 minutes each side. Like she was such a slow eater. And we, you know, I missed the entire celebration. Everyone was on my whole family was in the restaurant eating talking conversing having this great time and I missed the whole thing like I hated that I hate I felt so isolated I was always missing out on the conversation and I'm a very I'm an extrovert I love being around people I love talking so that was a really big big one for me is missing out on the communication and just the social aspect of my life and I just kept thinking every time I was in my car feeding her alone I'm thinking 
is this my new life now? Like, I just don't even get to hang out with my friends or family anymore. Like, don't get me wrong. I love my baby, but I'm, I'm kind of sad right now. It's isolating. I wouldn't you say, Gina, I feel like when you are new, like I feel the first, first experience is kind of isolating because you don't really know and you're working out the mechanics. But yeah. second and third, I definitely found my footing. So I would nurse and set and enjoy parties and dinner um, right. And definitely more confident. But with my first, I don't know, were you always just confident, Gina? I think with the first, probably not as much because I think I felt more comfortable being, you know, half naked at home so I could see the baby, right. see what was going on. Um, and then it took a while to get that comfort level of she can latch by herself and it was easier to do it. And then, yeah, with multiple kids, you really can't stay home. You have to keep going and doing and then... I think, you know, it, they just have to fall in line if they want to eat. <laughs> so. No, that's, that's, that's true. so true. But I, I, I yeah. feel you on the isolating part because the first experience was like that for me. I actually, which is one of the questions I really wanted to chat with you about is like myths about breastfeeding and uh, common problems. So for me, yeah. I had nothing. I had every textbook problem you could have breastfeeding, my first experience. So the fact I even went on to do it the second and third time and for extended periods of time was just shocking to everybody, especially my husband. He was like, I can't believe from where we started to where we ended up, it's just apples and oranges. But um, I had a nipple shield. So Lily used Mm -hmm. a nipple shield. And seriously, I'm trying to remember, I think it was almost eight months before I could wean her off of it. So trying to imagine navigate putting on a nipple shield with a cover in public and trying to nurse a baby it just, yeah, the mechanics of it were not happening and it ended yeah. in tears on both sides. So tell us a few things that like common that you hear from your community, um, common breastfeeding myths and um, problems. Sure. So one of them we kind of just already went over is that you can't feed in public. A lot of people just assume that you cannot, but that is not true. Um, another one is that it comes that breastfeeding is so natural that after you have your baby that it's all natural and your baby will just latch on and you guys will ride off into the sunset. <laughs> um, that is the biggest myth because because it's natural doesn't mean that it comes natural. Like it is, it's something that you and your baby both have to learn together to get her to latch and how to have her latch properly so she can extract the milk properly. Um, and that latch is a big hurdle to come over. It does not come easy um, for a lot of moms. I mean, even the second time. So I'm thinking after I did my first, okay, I already went through the struggles, the latch. I got the latch. I know what a latch is supposed to look like. I know what it's supposed to feel like. So when I have my son, this is going to be easy breezy. And it was not. <laughs> it was so hard to get him to latch and learn that all over again. So learning the latch. Um and that you're not going to have any struggles because, I mean, I, I've met very few women that have had a breastfeeding journey where they didn't have struggles. No, I'm with you. I don't know many that, that haven't. I always felt, like I said, I had so many. Um, Lily had latch issues. Um, they were starting to say failure to thrive. She had jaundice. We had to supplement. And then, you know, the pressure on a new mom to supplement. Right. Uh, my milk wasn't coming in that easily. Then they introduced me to the nipple shield. I had an SNS right. system. I don't know if any of you have ever had to use an SNS system, but basically, you I either, haven't. So you put formula, um, either formula or extracted breast milk in a tube. And then there's a tube that connects. You basically hook this apparatus onto your bra. 
and a tube mm-hmm. comes down to your nipple. So basically you're supplementing. So the baby's getting instant gratification of milk coming out right? while you're yeah. trying to teach them to latch. So I was like in tears every day. So I'd have to try to pump some milk. And if I didn't get enough, we'd have to mix it with formula. I'd have to hook this thing to my bra that would slip down and whack my poor newborn in the head. No joke. And this tube, you would have to tape it to your breast and then get it to come out the nipple so the baby would latch. I mean, can you imagine? And then once we got that down and started getting the mechanics of her nursing down, I got uh, mastitis. Friggin' mastitis. And so I was like, are you kidding me? Like, I'm not supposed to do this, people. It was just one roadblock after another. So what- Yeah, it does not come easy. No, and I think that's a big um, disservice that we do to first-time moms. I know that everything I read was like, well, if it hurts, um, you're doing it wrong. Did you hear that as well, Gina? Like, Yes, I definitely heard that. But honestly, it it hurts regardless, even if they're doing it right. So is that like one of the problems that um, your community talks about is pain? Pain, absolutely. Um, So if you're having continuous pain and it's because we call it, what is it? The 30 second, like initial burn where like, especially if you're new, a new mom and they latch on, it hurts for a while. And then after a few seconds, it's pain free. So you shouldn't have continuous pain throughout your entire feeding um, and if you are, you really should reach out to a lactation consultant or reach out with your doctor because there could be other ish, underlying issues that you may not be aware of yet. There could be a tongue tie. There could be all, or all sorts of things. You can have an infection. Um, you can get a yeast infection um, on their mouth and on your nipple. So there's so many things that you should always look out for. But I, I hate saying it shouldn't ever hurt. And I get why lactation consultants say that because, again, if it's hurting too much, you need to reach out to someone. But initially it does. And while you're going through that learning process with your baby, um, it takes a minute to get there. And sometimes it it just takes you a little bit longer. But if there's excruciating pain or it's never letting up, then you definitely need to reach out because there's something else wrong. No, I agree with you. Seeking out some help. Um, You know, Julie um, isn't a mom yet, but we talked to her. She's always asking us questions. And that was one of the, you know, things we talked. She's like, well, does it hurt? And I was like, well, it's not comfortable for sure. It takes, there's that learning curve, but I'm always honest with like, you know, I was the first one of my friends to become a mom. And so I shared all the nitty gritty and my girlfriend had her baby and she's like, it's still hurting. And I'm like, girl, I swear it was three months for me before everything really toughened up. I don't know if I just, it took a little bit longer or because we had all those issues, but I think having realistic expectations um, yeah. Yeah. And Ju- Julie, I think, has a question about that. Yeah. So, again, since I haven't had kids yet, haven't gone through the whole breastfeeding trial, I guess I should say. Yet. Yeah. Um, what advice would you give a first time mama wanting to breastfeed? What advice? So, there's so many. <laughs> um, first, to kind of go along with what we were just saying, is to give it time. Um, like, because of the pain factor. Um, to give it time and know that you're doing the best you can. I don't know how many times I said I was going to give up within the first like month or two because it was so difficult. Um, but it, the most important thing to me, and I guess this is another piece of advice, is to meet with a lactation consultant and take a breastfeeding course before you have your baby and meet with a lactation consultant after you have your baby. So most people don't think about taking a course until after they're done or after they have their baby because 
it's just kind of being reactive rather than proactive. But if you take a class before, it can prep you for all of these things and give you, you know, some insights to know when you should have a red flag and you should call your doctor. Um, it just kind of helps set you up on the right foot so you don't have those panic moments where you're like, oh my gosh, is my baby getting enough food? Um, because that's another big thing that women struggle with when they first have a baby is they think they're not getting enough. And that's because, um, okay, so there are so many photos online of women having this huge freezer freezer stash full of milk. Amazing. I love that. I'm not but one it's of really those. Hard. <laughs> I, mean, I never was. But it's really hard for these women to see that and think, oh, my gosh, I need to have this. Or they're thinking, okay, I need to start pumping and build a stash, which is, which is great. You should have it for emergencies or whatever or when you're going back to work. But when you feed your baby, your milk is supply and demand. It literally is supply and demand. Your body is producing as much as they're taking. So anytime you feed your baby, so most women feed their baby, and when they put their baby down for a nap, they they hook up their pump and they try to, you know, pump some extra milk. And then they see that they only got a half an ounce or nothing or maybe one ounce, and they freak out and think, oh, my gosh, I am not making enough milk. My baby's probably so hungry. I don't even have enough to pump. And it's because your your milk was full, but your baby just extracted all of the milk from your breast. So now your your body is needs to produce more. So you're trying to pump from empty boobs. Like so, that's the myth. Like that's the myth too. I guess I don't know. That was like a long explanation. <laughs> no, I had that that problem too. I've always saw those photos and saw like pumping. So I, with using the SNS system, had to pump. So you know they would have me attempt yeah. to nurse her and then pump after to spike, I guess, milk production. And I, I would sit there and cry. I would get like half an ounce out of each side. But again, it yeah. just wasn't really knowing that you know she was getting food, um, and right. that it's just my body. You know she had emptied it. Um, I actually went. Well, when we had her, I moved out here. No, it's okay. I, when we moved out here, we had this great resource center and they had a free um, nursing circle. And it was probably Ooh. one of the best things that could have happened to me. And that's why I advocate reaching out to professionals too and seeking yes. some help is um, I had had lactation support in the hospital, but nothing after. And right. uh, I went to this weekly circle and they had the scale and they would show you, they, you know, you'd sit down, you'd nurse your baby. And uh, they would take you back and weigh the baby. So you would weigh the baby when you started the circle and then right after a feed. And they would show how the weight increased and how yeah. many ounces they were actually getting. And it was really cool. You could, um, you had a card and see um, each time you came how many ounces your baby would feed and keep their weight tracked. And I thought it was so neat because breastfeeding, that's the biggest thing is you don't see. And I think first time right. moms <clears throat> panic and panic. Did you at all have any of that panic, Gina? You know what? I don't think I did. Um, I think... You know, at the hospital, the lactation consultant was pretty just, it was the idea of what goes in comes out. So as long as you're monitoring diapers. Input, output. Um, right. You knew yeah. that they were getting enough. And so I think, yeah, I think in the beginning I had my chart and I kept track of everything. But then, you know, I calmed down after probably a couple months and realized that she was getting plenty. So, yeah. Yeah. I think the first well, baby's like that. And with my first, we didn't have lactation consultants at the hospital. I guess they did, but they were off on the weekends. So I had her on a Saturday. So I'm like, well, well what about, like, do people not breastfeed on the weekends? <laughs> so our hospital didn't even offer breastfeeding consultants on the weekend. And the same thing happened with me, Sarah. So I took her home. It was about two weeks in. And I was, because I was starting to pump because I knew I needed to get back to work. So I wanted to have a little bit of a stash just in case. Um, maybe it was like at least a month after, but I was so freaked out because I 
put my pump on and literally pumped a half an ounce. And I was like, oh my gosh, oh my gosh, I've probably been starving my baby. I'm not even making enough milk. I can't even pump anything. Called a lactation consultant. She came to my home and she did the same thing. She weighed Allie and then I fed her and then she weighed Allie again. And that gave me so much peace of mind to show how many ounces she actually got. She's like, everything you're making, your daughter is pulling. For you to continue, if you want to build a stash, you just have to continue to pump at the same times every day because then it's, again, telling your body that you need supply, so you're demanding more milk. So basically, you're creating an extra pump time throughout that. And, and then eventually, you start to you know pump some extra milk. But let me say this. I went back to work with Allie three months after. I pumped and breast, well, I pumped while I was at work for the first, for 18 months. And so at work, let me just, I know a lot of women freak out about this because they're like, I'm not pumping enough. I only ever, that entire experience of mine, pumped three ounces per boob. And sometimes it was three ounces total. So like I never, never like pumped a ton. And people think that if they don't ever then they're not producing enough, but that's so not true either. Um, I like I'd be happy if I did two ounces. If I did two ounces in one boob, that was a good freaking day. Oh, like- no, I'd celebrate. <laughs> I'm with you. I looked at people. My sister was someone that could pump very well, and Gina, you were great at pumping. Yes, thankfully I, I had a lot. Yeah, I couldn't. So I, if I got two ounces, it was celebrate. I was like, I have yeah. half a bottle, people. Half a bottle. Right. I would get so happy. Right. But, you know, it's not as natural as setting and nursing your baby. A lot of women, the mechanics of uh, pumping just don't work and they don't let down. But again, yeah. I feel that that's the psychological thing that a lot of nursing moms face is that yeah. they think that they're not getting as milk. So, oh my God, I don't have any or what's wrong with me. But it just doesn't right. work for everybody. And I'm one of those that didn't work. We had one of the most yeah. expensive pumps on the market because of all my difficulty. My husband's like, I'm going to get you the best of the best. And we're going to try this. And even with the best of the best, I got two yeah, ounces. Yeah, it doesn't always work out. And I think I said I pumped three ounces per side. I did not mean that. I mean, I literally, I think at the most ever pumped all at once, um, four ounces total. So I was usually about an ounce, one and a half ounce on each breast at Yeah. That, that's about, I think my max as well, where like Gina, I think Gina could feed a small country. We joke about like she just, <laughs> her pump, her pump loved her. What was your, like, you had a lot of ounces stored. Oh, I had, I was, I stored, I want to say almost 800 ounces, but that's amazing. I Did had, you yeah. donate any of it? I wound up donating all of it to actually a friend of mine. Um, after she wow. had her baby, her body just was not producing milk. And so yeah. after trying everything she could try, um, it was really difficult for her, um, but I gave her all of the milk that I had stored up. So that's amazing. So one of the other things we wanted to ask is helpful products that you would recommend to the first time mom. If you could go back and like tell your first time mom, little (laughs) self, the best things, what you really need and what you don't, what would those be? Okay. So there is, there are so many nipple creams on the market. I swear I've tried them all, but my, absolute like I swear it's magical it's called Newman's ointment it's not something that's over the counter you cannot just go get it at Target or Walmart this is something you need to call your OBGYN or your midwife um, or your doctor just give them a call ask them to write you a prescription for Newman's ointment and it has to be sent to a compounding pharmacy so compounding pharmacy is a pharmacy that just mixes your um your prescription right there for you when the doctor calls it in. So it's not pre-mixed. They mix it right then. And then you go pick it up. 
Um, it's magical. I used it with my second, did not know about it with my first. And so chapped, dry nipples. If you're bleeding, you have cracked nipples. I put it on and it literally, like within 24 hours, it didn't burn anymore when Coda latched. That's amazing. <clears throat> Um, and then another one that I didn't use with Allie, but I did use with Coda is the Haka pump or just any silicone pump. Um, it's not actually like, like a, something you plug in. It's just like this silicone clear pump that you attach to the breast that you're not feeding with. So any of you that have breastfed, you know, when you're breastfeeding your child, they latch onto one breast at a time. So your other breast, when you have a letdown, it's leaking, um, a lot. So <laughs> I remember I would get towels. Yes. So it catches. So so you leak out of your other bread and I used or breast. I used to just use towels. But now instead of just letting it go to waste because then you throw those towels in the washer and your milk went to waste, your Haka pump or silicone pump just attaches to your breast. It like suction cups on. And so while you're feeding from the other side and any milk that leaks is collected inside of this pump. So you almost are pumping and feeding at the same time. You're getting a double whammy. So you're able to store that extra milk and build your stash without having to squeeze in an extra pump session. It's amazing. Okay. That's life changing. Yeah. I lost so much milk in my, I used to use the bamboo Mm -hmm. breast pads because I wanted to be eco friendly, but they would be soaked. And I was like, yep. oh, that milk is wasted. Yep. It gets soaking wet, especially while you're feeding. Like, And I'm like, gosh, what can I do with this? And there's some like milk collectors and stuff, but that, that one that suction cups around your, your breast is amazing. And it kind of helps like with the natural suction of it, like helps, you know, suction a little bit more out than what would just normally drip. Um, so yeah, you're collecting milk without having to pump. <clears throat> That's seriously like, I, I don't know. I'm in awe. That's like life changing. For, for breastfeeding moms. My last one would obviously be anything from the little milk bar. I, <laughs> of I mean, course. you gotta like toot your own horn or toot your own horn, but literally, like, it's not just because I own this brand. It's like, it, it, I truly 100% believe that it is such a necessity <clears throat> for any product for any new mom. Like, if you have a friend that is pregnant and she plans to breastfeed, um, to give her this information up front. So every single product that we ship out with has a little card that tells you your breastfeeding rights. And it, you know, basically tells you um, to empower yourself and you don't have to feed in a um, dirty bathroom stall because that's so gross. It, with each purchase, it comes yeah. a complete rights card. I've seen it and I think it is magical. And actually, I think that's where I learned because I was reading your information card about the rights in all right. 50 states. So that's I amazing. Just think- like anytime I have a friend, like even if I did not own this brand, it would be, I feel just so passionate about it that if we can prevent any mom from not crying in the bathroom because they're feeding their baby or feeling this amount of stress that's so unnecessary, like putting them on the right path before they even start would be fantastic. So, you know, obviously like our boobs blanket is my number one go-to, especially because it is a cover if they want to use it that way, especially for new moms, most of the time they want to, and that's fine. So it kind of works for both with giving them something to cover themselves with if they want, but also gives them the information and empowerment and confidence and permission to feed their baby whenever they need to. And, and your milk maker shirt, Gina actually was just looking yeah. at your website the other day because she'd seen the blanket and she was like, oh, I could have worn the heck out of that milk maker shirt. <laughs> I think that's probably my yeah. favorite new mom gift. Um, I, yes. I love it. Well, it's so soft too. Say, 
you know, there's so many nursing clothes out there, you know, that have like the extra flap or it unzips and that's fine. But like our whole like mission too is to let women know you don't have to spend tons of money on a whole new wardrobe as a breastfeeding mom, because that's just another hurdle, right? Like now I'm breastfeeding. Now I have to wear these special clothes and sometimes they can be great if you love them and you can afford them. That's awesome. But we also try to spread the word that you can wear all the clothes that you know and love before you were pregnant, while you were pregnant, and after you have your baby. Um, if you use the two shirt method, which we have a video of um, on our Instagram, if you go to our highlights um, or no, it's on Instagram TV. When If you click on that, you can go look at it. But using the two shirt, you can feed your baby in almost anything other than like a dress. Yeah, that so, was one of my favorite methods. Yeah. I use the two the two shirt method. You did too, yeah. Julie, right? Yeah, I think I did. Yeah, I like the two shirt method. And actually, it was cute, Julie, because she isn't there yet. But she was like, "What is she doing?" She watched your video because I was commenting on how cute and clever it was. And I was like, "Oh, you wear like you the nursing undershirt, and then you can wear your regular clothes." And she goes, "Oh, I thought I had to buy new clothes." And I was like, "No, no." Yeah, it's so clever. Yeah. I was it's, like, oh, it's so, so clever. <laughs> They go out and buy this whole new wardrobe and it's expensive. Nursing gear is not cheap. Um, but yeah, with a t-shirt method, you just wear a tank top or like a spaghetti strap or a cami and or a nursing top and you just pull up the top shirt or you wear it underneath your regular shirt. Pull up your top shirt and then pull down the neck of your cami and you just feed them that way. And then it covers your whole belly so your belly's not hanging out. And you can get those cheap camisoles from like or H&M uh, target for like 11 bucks. So yeah, that was yeah. my go-to. I think I had those in the staple gray and black and I wore mm-hmm. those with my favorite shirts. And then I liked, uh, kimonos. That was probably my go-to, Oh yeah. which I still actually, I wear the same clothes as when I nurse. So see, you can do it people. So yes, in, in closing our podcast, we like to ask our, well, you're our first guest. So we are going to ask some closing questions from our guests. Okay. We want to know something that's surprising about you. Um, I never wanted to get married and I never wanted to have any kids. Um, that was me <laughs> and too, And now girl. my whole, my whole life revolves around both of those. <laughs> my whole business is completely revolved around children and babies. So, um, it's funny. Sometimes I sit down and I think, how did I get here? Like, <laughs> <laughs> it's I love so my true. life. No, I'm I, the same I'm so way. I'm glad that I did have kids, but I never imagined it to turn out this way. So question two. What's a piece of advice you would pass on to your fellow mama kind? Advice is to, and I think I've seen this like quote, it's like probably gone viral everywhere. So I guess maybe one person hasn't said it, but um, to mother your own way. So there is no perfect schedule for your baby to be on. There is no perfect formula for your baby to be on because every baby is different. There's no perfect way to breastfeed. There's no perfect breastfeeding schedule and there's no perfect way to um, potty train your kid. There is no perfect way. You can take little bits and pieces from advice from other people or seeing what has worked for them, but you always end up twisting it into your own way. So find your own way to mother and don't feel um, obligated to mimic anybody else's and do it unapologetically because your way is the best way. No one knows your kid or your baby like you do. I I love that. And I think we all, don't you agree? I think that's a beautiful piece of advice. And then lastly, so social media, where can we find you? The little milk bar, where can we learn more about you? Tell our audience. Okay. So follow us on Instagram at the little milk bar underscore. 
Um, we're also on Facebook. Our website is thelittlemilkbar.com. Um, <clears throat> one thing that I want to make sure that I point out is that a lot of Instagram accounts, especially for brands, they're constantly posting their products over and over and over again. And my number one focus and my mission, actually, every morning when I wake up is to empower breastfeeding moms everywhere and give them permission to feed their baby wherever they need to. So literally, I do that on my Instagram account. I actually only post my products maybe 25% of the time. Everything else is real breastfeeding stories, real breastfeeding tips, real encouragement, and words of advice from other moms so it really is meant to be a community and safe place for anyone who's breastfeeding or who may breastfeed in the future <clears throat> but it's not all my products <laughs> yeah, I love that about your feed it's beautiful and you use so much um you know just well-rounded all user-generated content real stories real women and it's so inspiring which is a huge reason I wanted you to be one of our guests today and I'm so excited uh I hope we did okay and you enjoyed being on our podcast yes this is so fun I love it I had a goal to be on like five podcasts by the end of the year so I've got two down thanks Sarah (laughs) well and thank you for breaking the ice with me and the girls today we really loved having you and we're so excited to tell our audience all about the little milk bar and to uh, help spread your mission of empowering breastfeeding women and uh, let's keep the drop the cover movement moving along absolutely yes thanks so much for having me thanks girl 